Welcome to the What The Mum podcast. My name is Maria Newman and I will be your host. Every mum-to-be knows that as soon as she becomes a mum, her world will change forever. Everyone is keen to give you advice based on their own experiences. Other mums delight in sharing their horror stories so that new mums are better prepared for what might happen. The lack of sleep, feeling exhausted most of the time, living in bodies with even more wobbly bits and never having any privacy. But everyone's story is unique. Everyone's experience is personal. On this podcast, I will be sharing real stories told by mums like you and I about their experience of motherhood and how life changes when you become a mum. This podcast is about showing you that you're not alone. We may not be in the same boat, but we are experiencing a similar storm. I hope these stories will inspire you to do what you want and be who you want to be. Anything is possible if you really want it and if it is really important to you. If you want to find out more about me and who I am, check out my website, mummyandabreak.co.uk. However, for now, sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast episode. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. During this podcast series, I will be interviewing six awesome individuals who will inspire you with their stories of what I'm calling changing direction. My guest today is Yelena, who is a fellow kickboxing martial artist. I wanted her to be part of this series because she has a fascinating story which I think could actually be turned into a film. I am inspired by Yelena. She is especially amazing because of all the things she's gone through plus she is an awesome mum. Thank you for joining me today Yelena. Oh thank you Maria. You're making me blush. blush (laughs) (laughs) So Yelena what's your story? Tell us about your childhood and what ultimately led you to moving to England. Okay so um I am 40 and 11 months old now. And when I was 11 months old, 40 years ago, my mother left me like, and uh, I've never met her. I never met my father. So my mother left me with her parents. And um, so it was really good thing for me because I was raised by retired teachers. And like, I would see my mother maybe like once every six months and, you know, she wasn't in a good space. She's still not in a good space. So um, that kind of gave me a really good base to which that became myself because then I've learned how to read and like how to be passionate about things and passionate about change. And nobody told me that, you know, girls don't do some things or that I shouldn't be doing some things. So then when I was five, my mother decided that she wants to be a mother. And then she just came and took me away. And we moved into quite the violent part of Belgrade. Like we did move from Croatia to Serbia, but it had nothing to do with the war. And, um, so I always find the best way to describe it is like inner city stuff. So like there was a lot of gangs and stuff. So that's where I grew up. And while I was growing up from like, I think I was 10 when the first war started. So like but from like 10, 15. So my teenagehood happened in a country which was very unstable. There were lots of wars. When I was 18, I lived through the bombing. Um, yes. So but I, you know, I still had my reading and my passion for stuff. And, you know, I was the weird one out. Um, and now, 40 years later, I have, I mean, obviously some stuff happened in between, but those, those stuff ultimately led to like, I have a master's in psychology. 
I have PhD in education and my subject are stories and how stories influence the people and our identities. I'm a creative writer. So my book is coming out this summer and it's stories about the blocks. It's the place where I did grow up because I think that you should really tell some other stories apart from gangs, violence, blah, 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 boring. Um, I'm uh, officially, my official job is in, I'm, I'm a violence prevention expert. So I work with people and I do research currently based on empowerment, self-defense, but also other uh, interventions which help stop violence. I am, what else am I doing? I'm doing some coaching on the side, like career coaching and like life coaching. And as you said, like I'm a, I'm a martial artist. I've started when I was 40 and yes. oh my God, I can't believe that I'm doing this still, but I am actually really proud of myself for doing it. Also, I'm a mother to objectively the most amazing five-year-old which was ever there. So Yes, and I did struggle with my, I'm actually really glad to talk about it because I did struggle with my mother identity almost from the beginning because the birth was very hard, but I, especially recently, I came to peace with like, I am who I am and I can only be a good mom if I am who I am. And surprise, surprise, our relationship flourished. <laughs> so yes, oh, what led me to moving to England? Right, so um, I, never met my father. My father lived, I knew that he lives in England. So then when I realized that I'm actually eligible for Irish passport, him being Irish, I was like, oh, okay, I'll get me a passport. So uh, it was in 2009, I was 28. I was freshly like master's in psychology and thinking I don't want to find like a job in Serbia. So I had 200 pounds to my name and I found a two pound ticket with Ryanair from like Budapest to Bristol. So I, I went on that and Couch served for a week, met some lovely people, ended up living in Bristol for free for about a year or so due to, you know, just cooking, cleaning, doing stuff. And um, and then I tried to meet my father. He didn't want to meet me. So I decided to make a PhD out of it because I thought it was really important to show other stories of people who didn't weren't that successful in meeting their family members. And, you know, like not all family members are user-friendly for meeting and that was my lesson yeah yes so it was in a bid to find your father and actually meet your father that brought you to England and obviously you've been here for um, a long time you stayed <laughs> I did I did stay yes well I I love Bristol Bristol is just this amazing place I think I came to Bristol because I lived in Leicester for a few years and I was like mm, but yeah no um yeah, Bristol is very, very special place for me. And yes, yeah, so I, you know, I didn't meet him, but I felt much freer and I felt like I found my space here and that I can be who I am because there I was 28, I was unmarried, I didn't have children. And I, you know, I just, it, it, it wasn't the place for me because I, I was, I got tired of being the weird one. And here, like, I am me. So, yeah. I was going to pick. I'm going to pick up on that, the fact that you, you keep on calling yourself the weird one. Why do you think you're the weird one? Mm. Well, weird one in the sense of outlier. So like there aren't that many people who do what I did. So I was the odd one out in that sense. Um, and in the blocks where I am from, so like I, like there was 43 of us in a class and there was like maybe two of us who actually read books and, you know, it, it just, we had different priorities in life. So weird one in that sense that, yeah, 
I got used to being alone in what I'm doing quite a long I didn't mind that like I can spend an afternoon with a book I'm doing it still now it's like still I don't know people who read as much as I do but it's it was different so yeah and it, it's a good identity to have every now and then because it allows you to do things and then go like oh it's her she can do it so when I was couch I was a couch surfing ambassador for Serbia at one point so like do you know about couch surfing well, my interpretation is that you have no fixed address. You just are relying on people allowing you to stay on their couch. That's one of the definition. But this was a movement. This was like a website where you sign up and like you offer your couch. So like you're not charging for it, but there was a system of, say, references, verifications. You kind of know people are safe. And I think at one point I had like 10 people sleeping and they would only come for a few days because they were all like traveling. So I really wanted to travel. And I was really poor. So I ended up couch surfing and hitchhiking. But so I would have guests too. And then they would come to the blocks and then I would drag them with me to a local cafe because I thought it's really important for the kids there to see that there is something else in life, you know, like not just what, what there is there. And I could get away with it because, oh, it's her. It's, it's she's the weird one. So, and yeah, it's good. It's a good part of identity to have. Like weird is good. So we all know when we become mums, it's really easy to lose your identity and who you are and what you stand for and try to um, be the same as everyone else and fit in. I'm thinking you didn't sign up to that. You signed up to, well, this is who I am and I'm going to take that with me into motherhood. So how did you do that? Well, I tried to sign up for it. I have to say, like, I went to, I've joined the NCT group. I paid for a birthing course. Like, I, I did it all. Yes, it didn't work, but I did it all. And um, and then I had a situation because, like, as I said, it was a quite a hard birth. It took about 36 hours. We stayed in the hospital for a long time. I had to have, like, double transfusion. So, um, and after that, when we left the hospital, I couldn't breastfeed because, like, my daughter was born on forceps, so she couldn't suck properly. And first there was that pressure, like pump, 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 pump at all times. I hate that sound still. But then somebody who also became a mother at the same time asked me, am I sorry that my daughter will be stupid because I'm not breastfeeding? I'm like, I have a two, three week old, like, you know, all I have all the hormones and everything. And I, I couldn't, like, you know, now I would just be like, what? But at that point, you know, kind of cuts you, doesn't it? Because you kind of expect it to know all of this. And um, so I struggled, I really struggled with it. But then, yes, then when she was three months old, we put her in a car and we uh, traveled across Europe to Serbia because it, it like we thought it would be a good idea. My husband took a year off, a year, like he took a career break. So, yeah, but I, I kind of I, I flirted with this idea of like being a super mom and what mom means and, and then realizing that actually I don't like doing some mummy things but i like doing some other mummy things so for example even now i don't like playing with like uh, role playing with barbies especially if i get told what to say all the time i don't like that i'm not doing that but i will draw with her and we will go for walks and so yes and it was it was a bit of a challenge but then i like other moms who i like helped me there because i would go like yes so okay so what is it you do because i have this thing you know I didn't have a good relationship with my mother so I'm like I don't want to be like that I don't want to have a good relationship with my daughter so I would just go and ask people whose mothering I liked 
And from them, I would hear a lot of exactly that, like you be you. And like, okay, so it's like, I obviously I'm new at this and I will keep being new at this and I didn't have a good examples around me. So I might as well, you know, do what they're saying. And surprise, surprise, it works. So yeah, I'm it's not funny. sure whether that answers the question. I think it does answer the question. You just it is through learning and doing, isn't it? Because I think all of us, when we become mums, we can't help ourselves. We want to be this perfect human being that our children are gonna look up to and they will be the best they can be. But that means we have to be super mum in in our head. When the truth is actually the biggest lesson we can teach them is just to be themselves because it's far easier to be you than to try and be this other person and yes. wear a mask that that takes effort absolutely and like one of the things I am glad of being a psychologist is that I did you know the research consistently shows kids need good enough mother they don't need a perfect mother because like we need to prepare them for the world and the world is not going to go every time oh you poor angel like you know I had to have a conversation today because she doesn't like one of the classes she goes to it's like yes you're anxious about this and it's okay to be anxious and we will go so it's it's okay to be afraid and to do things and I think it's that balance of not like obviously protecting them but not protecting them too much so I had I did like empowerment self-defense lesson to a group of five-year-olds over the weekend, how to say no and like just shout, no. And, you know, because or you can tell them nothing bad will ever happen to you. And some things will. We just want it to be like little bad things. And then, yeah. I mean, you're the person you are just demonstrates how, you know, we 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 worry about things that happen to our children and the impact it will have on them further down the line but as you've said you you didn't have a relationship with your father you didn't know who he is and the relationship with your mother isn't a traditional one and then but look at you <laughs> look at you you are like you're a doctor you are a confident woman you are an awesome mum so just because your childhood isn't picture perfect it doesn't necessarily mean that your life is not going to be the best it can be and what what do you put that down to why do you think that you chose to go down a route of do you know what I'm going to make life what I want to make life as opposed to well all these things have happened to me instead I'm just gonna shrink down and and play victim mm well i'm very stubborn that's one thing <laughs> and i i mean i was really lucky as i said to be raised by retired teachers and in a sense of like i do have this sense like belief in myself and also i i i i ask for help and i've seen some really inspirational people and then i would randomly run into them you know like serendipitously in life and then go oh okay so it's possible um but and also I'm very impatient so sitting around and waiting for somebody to save me it just you know I, I don't have that I just genuinely don't have you know like when you first start dating somebody and then, then there's all this thing I was like oh like shall I send him a message or like three four hours waiting like no I'm not even good at that so it, it and it's 
a lot of it is also down to having a permission to do so. And I feel like I did have a permission due, uh, partly due to how I grew up and partly due to my weird identities, like, you know, go and play, see what happens. But, and yes, I always believe that, you know, you can, you should do your best. That's kind of, I think that's what we owe to ourselves and to the world too. It's like, you know, what, you know, go, and you should challenge yourself as well. Otherwise, you know, I, now, I, this all sounds fine now, but when I came to England, so it's like it was, what, 12 years ago, I found a therapist because I was struggling with anxiety. I was struggling with panic attacks. I, um, I, was, I was much thinner and so much more unhappy because I tried so hard to be something, but not me. And, it, you know, that surprise, surprise, it didn't work. So it took me a long time to kind of come to the place where I'm quite comfortable with being myself but it is like yeah so that faith in myself and also asking help from people and you know just going and chatting with them and yeah 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 I think that probably does come with age doesn't it as we get mm -hmm. older we care less about what other people think and we care more about what we think and what we know to, do, to be the right thing to do for us and for our, our family. Absolutely. So, you know, listen, it, it comes down to listening to your gut for me a lot. And then, you know, going with it and not knowing. And also actually there is another thing because I grew up in such an unstable environment throughout the crisis, I'm quite, I wouldn't say comfortable and uncomfortable, but more comfortable than a lot of other people. Plus, when I was coming, I knew it was going to be better than what I'm leaving. So there, there is that good thing. So being exposed to quite a lot of traumas, young, actually does give you a good perspective on life. And I always said, like, as I know how bad it can get, that only means that it can only get as good from the other side. And I want to see that good. So that was that was my big thing too. And it's, you know, I, the, during COVID, for example, I, a lot of people from Balkans, we shared that and we're like, why are people panicking so much? Like no one's shooting us. So it's, it, and it, you know, this really give you a lovely perspective of life eventually. And I do not recommend, like, you know, don't go like traveling to war zone just to go, and now I have experience. No, don't do that. But it's, it can help. It is all relative, isn't it? Because if you mm. have led a really nice life where you haven't been challenged and everything just seems to flow and things fall into place, then as soon as those curveballs are thrown at you, mm. it's like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? How do, how do I manage this? I'm not used to the uncertainty and the imbalance because my life has been stable and I, I know what to do with stable. I don't know what to do with when life is not stable yes absolutely so I think there's something about like being a mum and ra raising our children in the nicest possible sense it's good to have a bit of to challenge our children just so that they don't have these expectations that life is just stable and they should just accept stable that they should push themselves and see what they're capable of and go experience stuff what do you think? Absolutely. And I think we should keep doing that to ourselves too. That's the important thing. Because there is, you know, there's do what I do, not what I say. They will follow what we do. So when uh, 
Now, Sophie was the first one, my daughter, she was the first one to join the martial arts, like the Red Dragons, because I was like, I want to find something for her and martial arts are great. And I know there's so many people who are doing it. And then when Lloyd, the sensei said that he's doing something for adults, I was like, wait a minute, I'm 40 years old. I'm overweight. I'm like, I only got back to exercising. I put on a lot of weight during COVID. There's no way I could, I can't like, flip my legs so much. And then I thought, okay, it's like, I'll just do it a little bit. I'll see what happens. I do want to challenge myself. And like, I've always thought that physically I'm not very good. So I can do, you know, I can, I can think, I can write, I can do all of this, but this was my big challenge. So it's like, I've never in my life touched my toes. Like I have, but not like, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, but then, you know, like it became my, and like my daughter's thing. And she was showing me how to do burpees a few days ago, which was really lovely. <laughs> um, but yes, it's important that our kids see us challenge ourselves, whatever that means for you. So I'm also afraid of flying, like afraid of flying. I'm a very bad flyer, but I don't want her to be bad mm -hmm. flyers. So like, we're entering the plane. We just came, we went to Spain for three days and, and I went to the plane. I'm like, it's going to be so fantastic. Well, inside of me, just like, give me wine and just let me fly so yes it's and I think that's the challenge that's what we really need to show because if they see us just sitting and going yeah yeah yeah, go and challenge yourself and mama will come once I finish the tea and I'm not gonna run then uh, not really sure what would happen but like this you're giving them no excuse I hate excuses I have to say that so it's like I see the difference between excuses and reasons so excuses are you know, you don't want to do this. So I'm going to find, but like better find a reason to do it. You know, of course it's scary to, you know, try martial arts when you're 40, you're never done like that, something like that in your life. It was, it was terrifying. But as we were talking like yesterday, I did what three times 50, 150 sets of exercises and I can do press up and I'm like, whoa, I can run. I can run for like 5k. Like what? What? <laughs> and and my daughter looks at me and she's like, "Yes, Mama, we're doing this kickboxing thing together." Like I don't want to be a world kickboxing champion. I want to be my kickboxing champion, and I want her to be her own as well. So, yes, I think that's how we show them that we keep working ourselves, and that's the key. It definitely so. is. I so agree with you. It's it's easy to use words. It's not as easy to follow up that with actions. And if we're always encouraging them, them to do things, but we're not also showing them yes. that we're having a go, then they're just going to look at us and go, really? You're telling right. me to go and like live my dreams and try a new experience, go and do this, go see that place. Yet you're playing it safe. So why should I bother? It is all about following up words in action and not putting ourselves on the back burner because we want to like push them forward we've got to push together forward put as much energy into us as we do with them yeah and that's the scary thing is too because then you have no excuse again you're not doing it just for your child no like you're doing it because you are doing it for your child obviously and of course there are priority i mean you know like i'm not going to go running somewhere far away I want to be normal and get up in the morning and have all of those chats with her about life and why should you get dressed um because getting dressed is a really good idea if you go to school but you know 
and it's like and i think that's something especially women struggle with like putting yourself first because it somehow seems selfish or somehow it's like oh no that means that we should put somebody second no it's like a top of the mountain it's like there is a place for everyone there because not many people bother coming that far so it's you know you you can and it is a matter of making a decision and it doesn't take that much time i hear that a lot with writing like oh wow like you're a writer you like i could never do this of course you could like i've started with consistent practice of 10 minutes a day writing now i'm doing i'm writing 500 words every day um they're not always very good 500 words but i will write 500 words every day and everybody can do that and I don't think I'm very good with words, genuinely. I have ideas and I can do like plot twists, but words as such, I just got a critique from somebody in Serbia saying my language is horrible. My stories have already been written before. It was, it, I saw it was said at 2 a.m. and I think probably they were drunk while writing. So it's like, I mean, it still hurts, but I'm like, okay, you're not my editor. You're not really a relevant person, but uh, you know, it's, it's 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 a matter of practice it's a matter of discipline and yes you can you can find 10 15 minutes to do that one thing you want to do it's like i am still overweight and i can do press-ups so it's and it is it's it is so challenging like you know you look at i mean you've been in those classes there are people there who are like gazelles and who are really strong and amazing and 16. <laughs> like I, i'll never be like that however it's not about that i'm not trying to be a 16 year old again thank god i won't ever be 16 year old it's about being you know kind of working on those scary bits of yourself so yes and showing to your child that that's what you're doing for me the big thing was also traveling for work mm -hmm. as i work quite internationally i travel a lot so just this year i was in serbia croatia israel uh and prague and like israel and prague were for a week and i did struggle and i felt really bad i'm like oh i'm not there and obviously i will speak to her but i'm not there but then and you know again like you know there is my lovely group of moms who i speak to about it's like okay now she saw that you will come back and that mama is going away and she works and mama has her own life and so basically when the time comes for her to leave house she can just go and be happy and come back if she wants to as opposed to you know just going oh no my angel don't go you're everything i have like imagine that pressure I think that's probably what we don't think about, do we? When the pressure that unknowingly we place on our children um, in what we say to them, which is just like we, we do. The language we use and the repetition we use, because say it once, might be okay. But if you're always saying the same thing to them, that's really not helpful, then after a while, they'll start believing it and go, oh that must be true because they've said it more than once they said it more than twice they've said it more than three times that must be true and they're the adult and they will know so mm. it's, yeah the language is well the the words that we use when we talk to them are really important as well as obviously backing it up in a positive way with the actions Definitely. so Yelena yes if someone listening can relate to your story of you know not having a traditional upbringing and they're having knocks in their lives if they can relate to your story they don't necessarily have had to have grown up you know in a in a war zone and they're feeling a little bit overwhelmed but they do want to do something they're tired of like playing small and not being seen 
what advice would you give them? Well, get in touch with Maria. She seems like a great coach to do stuff. Um, well, actually, I'll do. pay you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, uh, you know, I would talk to people and it just says like, you know, if your gut is telling you that that's what you want to do, then yes, you can do this. It's that. And what helps me is to write stuff out. I think outside, I think on the page quite a lot and, and just get it out there. And also planning. I, you know, it's good, you know, it sounds quite simple, but it is like setting up the goals and then breaking those goals and going, okay, this is what I want to do and start small. You know, it's like, say you want to do a PhD. I have these conversations with people so much like, oh, my God, PhD, I wish I could do it. Okay, so how are you going to do it? It's, you know, it's three to five years of your life, but those three to five years will pass either way. You know, we're here. I mean, our the oldest person I graduated with, Peggy, was 86 when she graduated. So, yes, yes. And like our cohort was between 28 and 86, whereas like, you know, it wasn't 86 and the other person was 40. It was like there were people in their 60s there. So, you know, if you think you want to do it, then you will be doing. So my next challenge will be, I'm, I'm going to say publicly, so it's like so it's now on the record. I want to do master's in creative writing from University of Bath, um, Bath Spa, just around the corner, because I think I need to work on my skill as a writer. So that's going to be my next thing. If it's just a diploma, I don't mind I already have a PhD. So that's the like thing. But I'm um, breaking stuff down to small parts. So it's that like, you know, PhD, where do I want to do it? What is it I want to do? Who can I speak to? It's like talk to people. You would be so surprised about people around you and how much they can help you. And you know, if you just start some other conversations with them, you know, just get it out there. And yes, did I say ask for help? Yeah. <laughs> You have you did previously, yeah. <laughs> and my big learning, which is something I'm still remembering, is like that it's all about the journey, not destination. So it's what you learn on that journey. I spoke to somebody recently who had a tummy tuck and uh, they went for an operation and they just sorted that like that, their body, their choice. You have to sleep upright for two weeks, apparently, after that. And I was like, okay, so that works for you. I wanted to kind of build myself stronger. I think muscle is kind of more important to me than the lack of weight. So it was something like, so my journey is different. And I was thinking, how would I feel if I just woke up like that? And it's like, I, I think I would kind of feel cheated because I wasn't, you know, the one who kind of brought me there. So yes, journey is really important. And, you know, if you will get to your goal, if you work hard to get there, you will. That's the way it is. But, you know, it's like enjoy, enjoying the ride. And that, that's what I think that is a, a great sort of piece of advice, because we always strive for the destination. But actually, then once we get to the destination, it's like, OK, so I'm here now. Yep. Now what's going to happen? Whereas if you enjoyed enjoy the process isn't it enjoy getting to where you are going because life will feel so much better and and you'll you'll remember what happened in you getting to your destination you'll be present in the moment you'll see things that actually if you're rushing to get to the destination you're going to miss so many things 
and you know time seems to go so quickly so if you're always rushing to get to the destination actually you're helping to speed up time because you don't want to be where you are now yes gosh yes how important is that and you know especially with the little ones because it doesn't really matter if you know a couple of years pass by when you're in your 40s it doesn't matter for me but it's if you're is that couple of years look from three to five so many things happen and so much stuff changes and you know they're going to go to school they're going to go do their own things in a minute and you know you're gonna you're gonna miss that so yeah enjoy the journey so to we're gonna wrap up this episode but before we go I've got two more questions the first one is what's the best piece of advice anyone has ever given you oh right so there is this person in LA who I've met through I I work with lots of people internationally and this person um he was a member of a gang when he was when he was younger he ended up in like juvenile place um then now he's now he's a family therapist and like also self-defense instructor he has a black belt in jiu-jitsu he's a wonderful wonderful human and we didn't meet in person yet but we speak very often and um i've came to him with some of my life troubles and i keep telling him they should come and visit as a family but most important piece of advice i got was from him and it was you don't rise to the occasion you fall to the level of your training and I really, really, really loved that because it's it's kind of when you teach people how to defend themselves, when you teach people how to do martial arts, when you teach people how to write, it's the, all that practice you put in and that's where you're going to fall. So it's like you're building this amazing wall, something to hold you. And then even if somebody pushes you, can't far as far as somebody who doesn't have it. So, yes. Yeah. You don't rise to the occasion, you fall to the level of your training. That's really nice advice because it just means that people might try to knock you down, but you're not going to fall that far down. No. So there's nothing to be scared of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I didn't even think of it that way, but yes, absolutely, yeah. (laughs) So this has been an amazing conversation. I knew it would be an amazing conversation because you are an amazing lady. Before we wrap up, people listening, mums listening will be going, I need to be in Yelena's world. I need to find out more. I want to see what Um, she's doing. um, (laughs) So how do people get in contact with you? um, My email is drnolanroll at gmail.com. It's that simple. And and in the um, episode notes, we'll make sure there's a link so that you don't need to worry about spelling or writing it down. You can go straight yeah. to the straight to the description in the episode and you'll see it there. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I'm always learning, too. And I would love to hear from people who are learning and working on themselves, especially their mothering. So it's like mothering is, as always, for me, it's one of the things. I think it's easier to do a PhD than to be a mother sometimes, like much easier. So, yeah. Not as do- rewarding, though. No, well, no, let's go with no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I'd like to say thank you, Yelena, for spending some time with me and having a conversation. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Maria. You're most welcome.
I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast episode. And if you did, then of course, please share it with other mums. I have lots more resources for you that will help you on your journey through life. Just visit my website to access them, which is mummyonabreak.co.uk. You can also find out details about my book, Busy. Take care and see you the next time. Mm -hmm.